Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here on this Wednesday, another hump day, 7th of June, 2023. Trust you and your team have started the week really, really strongly. And hopefully, there's heaps of opportunities in front of you to be able to take advantage of and really end the month. And for those of you who are ending the financial year, hopefully you end the financial year very, very strongly, but also set a really strong platform for a massive start to the brand new calendar, not calendar year, financial year, because it's not a calendar year, because that'll be January. The financial year being now the 1st of July. So, geez, it's coming up really quickly. I cannot believe that we are 2023, midway through the year. Uh, it's almost like yesterday that uh, it was March 2020 when the whole world changed and all of a sudden all the facilitation that I was doing face-to-face all of a sudden stopped overnight and uh, then started to revert back to doing online stuff. So, um Doing a bit of a hybrid now, I came off the back of a great workshop yesterday with a group of people and we were talking about performance, we were talking about leadership, and we were talking about how to extract maximum potential out of the teams, but also as leaders have the opportunity and have the courage in many cases to step forward and have the conversations around performance that we know we need to have, but often we do not have for various different reasons. And that's what I want to talk about today, having laser-focused performance conversations. Now, it's an interesting time of year, given that uh, whether you're listening to this almost near real time, or in fact, you might be listening to this close to the end of 2023, or in fact, this might be finding you in 2024 or 2025. And uh, if so, um, hello to the future. <laughs> but uh, interesting time of year right now, even in the early stages of June, in that performance review times is uh, for many companies coming up, if not already right in the midst of it. Uh, given the end of the financial year, end of the quarter for, for a lot of companies, a lot of people having to sit down and do the formalized reviews. And I've had a lot of sessions with a lot of leaders over the last month or so where we've been talking about this in a great amount of detail. And it's the bane of many sales leaders' existence. And I say sales leaders' existence because that's the market I do a lot of work in. But I'll also go so, so far as to say that it would be the bane of a lot of leaders' existence as well. And it's not many people that like the, I guess, the situation or the opportunity to sit down and do these because they can be quite onerous and the expectations placed upon us by our companies are pretty big. Uh, so many sales leaders do not look forward to the conversation and they don't enjoy the conversation. Why? Because often too much preparation goes into it and because in most cases, although they won't necessarily own up to this, in a lot of cases, they do not have the necessary conversations throughout the year. Now, this particular episode is going to be about how do we have laser-focused performance conversations almost in real time when we know we need to have the conversations, but often we might gloss over those thinking, oh, well, I'll just cover that off in our quarterly review, or I'll wait until our formalized end of uh, six-month review or the end of year review to bring this particular piece of feedback up. And by then, it's far too late. And this is one of the big Reasons why I'm not a big fan of the formalized performance reviews and why they are ineffective is because many leaders leave the conversation until the end of the year or the end of the six-month mark, and often there are going to be surprises that are surfacing in those conversations, which uh, it's not really fair on the individual, and it certainly doesn't 
all go well for credibility of the sales leader if we bring up stuff that happened five or six months ago that we didn't bring up at the time, which is where we should be actually thinking about this. So performance reviews, in my view, uh, okay, we, we need to have them because it, in many cases it'll tick the box. So the company has to have some sort of metric to measure people's performance against the benchmark, against the mean. So we can hand out uh, ratings, so we can hand out bonuses if that's applicable, uh, commissions if that's applicable, etc., etc. But all too often, the conversations are not effective because the conversations are almost fabricated and many times the leader, but also the individual that's going to be partaking in the conversation has to cast their mind back, in some cases 12 months, to try and work out, okay, what did I achieve? What are some things that I need to be working on so I can have a legitimate conversation and hopefully a functional conversation that's going to add some value to me but also to the business and my experience is they're just a complete waste of time here's a thought for us if we actually started to have a conversation around performance uh, next to real time then if we continue to have that on a regular basis which by the way we should because exceptional leaders make this a priority uh, when it comes to the formalized review at the end of six months or at the end of 12 months Yes, we can tick the box to say we've had the conversation, but there's not going to be any surprises whatsoever, which means that the conversation we use for the formalized conversation can now be a forward-thinking conversation and think about, okay, you've, you've ticked all the boxes, you've done everything, we've had these conversations, we know where you're at. Now let's look forward and let's start planning what the next three months, six months, 12 months is going to look like from your career perspective, but also from a professional development perspective. And it's a much more functional, much more effective use of not only the person's time in your team, but also a much more effective use of your time as a leader. Because I've got to say, most performance reviews are cumbersome. Why? Because for the most part, we have to dust off the performance review, the document, the KPIs, and then remind ourselves as to what we were supposed to be doing over the last 12 months, so at least we can put some metrics to it so we can appease the people who need to see it, such as the different parts of the business, such as HR, people, and culture, um, the remuneration committee, etc., etc., and sometimes the senior executives, or in, in some cases also the board. Now, what I'm not saying is that we completely remove the performalized review. The purpose of today's podcast is to think about what do exceptional leaders and exceptional sales leaders do that is different. They do not wait until the end of the financial year. They have the conversations throughout the year so that there are no surprises, as we've already mentioned. So this is the podcast about how do we actually do that? Because in working with sales leaders, often they are a little bit afraid of having the conversation or they're waiting for some sort of framework to come from the business or some sort of expectation setting process because it goes in cycles. Uh, and so they apply themselves to the busyness of running the team. And sometimes that's doing the do, not necessarily taking a moment to sit back and think about what does my team need? And many of the times my team needs a conversation around performance. Now, this particular podcast, we're not going to be talking about formalized performance reviews because there's another completely different process. And I think most companies would have their own formalized process. Uh, and I don't wish that upon anybody. It's an onerous process, gone through it a few times. It is not a nice situation to have to go through, not just for us as sales leaders, but also the person having to go through that. Uh, but what I do want to talk about is the importance of leaders having the conversations and having the courage to have the conversations when you need to have them. So let's get clear on getting people back on track if they are starting to wander off track so that when it comes to the formalized review at the six-month mark and at the 12-month mark, there are no surprises and everything is okay. So before we jump into some, I guess, some tools to use to have these conversations as we move forward, I just wanted to talk about some of the most common 
I guess, performance issues that might come up uh, as, a, as a sales leader, but also if you're not a sales leader, if you're, if you're an operational leader. Often, you'll have a person in your team that doesn't undertake the work as required. So it could be that there's signs of laziness. There could be signs of apathy. It could also mean they're not quite sure as to what the key elements of the role is or the key elements of the tasks required are, but they're not necessarily in a position or wanting to ask a question of anybody because of, who knows, imposter syndrome, the fear of being judged, whatever the case might be. So they may be lazy or they may not understand the particular role. They also may not necessarily just follow instructions for a whole host of other reasons. They might not, they may not like you. They may feel as if this is not the role for them or that they are so experienced they shouldn't have to do certain elements of the role. It should be somebody else that does that within the team. Um, they just might fail to acknowledge that they're underperforming if, in fact, they are underperforming. They just may just have their head in the sand and say, ah, it's not me, not me, nothing to see here. Or they may not actually complete the tasks to the standard that's required. Uh, and that's all the responsibility of the leader to set that standard and making sure that people understand what the minimum expectations are in terms of minimum levels of performance. And so there's probably a whole host of other, uh, I guess, legitimate reasons as to why people don't perform and certainly don't perform at the level that we require of them. But our responsibility as a leader is to actually start to have that conversation as soon as we see the performance starting to dip. Now, before we have this conversation, one of the key things we need to think about is how do I need to be as a leader in this particular conversation so that the conversation does become laser-focused around performance. And when I'm talking to many sales leaders, they're quite uh, coy about this because they're not quite sure if they've identified the legitimate or specific area that needs to be targeted, and therefore they're not quite sure how to conduct the conversation. So hopefully out of today's podcast, I'll give you some things to think about that hopefully will increase your level of confidence to be able to step in and lean into that conversation when you see performance not where it needs to be. So before we have the conversation, it's really important to think about whether this person's uh, performance is associated with their ability to do the job, to do the tasks that require of them, or is it their willingness or lack of willingness to be able to do that. So knowing this will help drive the conversation around performance in the right areas. And I often share with leaders a little concept known as the skill wheel matrix. And what this talks about is two key dimensions. One is skill set or competency, and the other is willingness or motivation. So depending on where they sit on the level of skill set and willingness or motivation, that will determine uh, how you actually have that conversation. Now, the process or the methodology that I share with you will be the same, but the way you have the conversation may actually be slightly different. And that is, if you have somebody who is low in skill, but also low in will or low in commitment, then the way we have this conversation, we have to be very, very direct. We can't necessarily ask them lots of questions and hope that they will, through some osmosis process, all of a sudden have a light bulb moment and realize where they're falling short, and therefore change their performance overnight. It's just simply not going to happen. We have to be quite direct, which means it's going to be quite a one-way conversation, pretty much telling them where they're falling short, but also giving them specific things that we want them to do in order to get moving towards an increased level of performance and hopefully getting up to a minimum standard and beyond. So that's the low skill and low will. When you have got somebody who is a low level of skill set, low levels of competency, but they have a high level of willingness They've got a, a good appetite to to learn, uh, and maybe they've just, I don't know, they've lost, lost their mojo a little bit in terms of their skill set, or they've made some mistakes and they're starting to doubt themselves, but they still have an appetite to learn and get better. Then their, their commitment levels are pretty high, then we won't be as direct. We might still give them 
some direction, but we act more as a guide. So we'll start to ask more questions of these people because they do have an ability to learn because they've demonstrated a high willingness to learn and they've got higher motivational levels. We just need to work on their competency. So it's about what sort of process can we help uh, put in place for them? What sort of training do we need to give them to get them back on track? How do we increase their level of conscious competence by getting them to take specific action over and over and over and over again so that we can start to build that level of habit? So we become more of a guide, uh, but we still ultimately take responsibility for their performance. So that's the low skill but high will. When you've got somebody who has a high level of skill set, but for whatever reason they've got low levels of willingness or low levels of motivation, they essentially need a bit of a checkup from the neck up. So they've just they've just lost their motivation. They've lost their passion for what they're doing. Part of it is to try and inspire them and remind them as to why they're doing it. And this is why I bang on all the time about trying to understand why your team does what they do and why they choose to work in your team and why they choose to work in your business and why they choose to work in that industry. Because if they don't know that, it's going to be very, very hard to help inspire them when things are down because they've got a high level of competency. They know that and they've probably got a track record but for whatever reason, they've lost their desire to do a good job. So we need to think about how do we inspire them. So having the conversation around them will probably be more about how do we increase their levels of intrinsic motivation and tapping into why they do things in the first place and maybe remind them as to why they do what they do. So this is a person who has high skill and low willingness. You need to inspire them. And the final one, which is probably not really a, a performance conversation per se, it's, it's probably a, a positive performance conversation. That is when you've got somebody who has high skill set, but also a high willingness to learn and high levels of motivation, we want to stretch them. So we want to continue to give them opportunities. And one of the key things around performance, and particularly this is something that a lot of sales leaders unfortunately neglect, is they stop spending as much time with the high performers and tend to spend more time with the lower performers, hoping to get that low performer up into a core or into a high performer. And unfortunately, sometimes the person who is doing really well, because Pareto principle works pretty well in this as well, and that is 80% of your results will probably come from about 20% of your sales reps. If we're spending most of our time with 80% of the sales reps generating 20% of the revenue, then the 80% of revenue get generated by the 20% of our sales reps, they're going to feel they're not being loved as much, and potentially they can reduce their level of discretionary effort. So the key point here is when it comes to performance conversations, don't just target the people that are not up to scratch. We also need to target the people who are performing at core, but also above core, above expectations, because there's always another level to get to, and we've got to keep giving them constant and reinforcing feedback that they're actually doing a great job, but also set them some stretch targets and set them some uh, bigger expectations as well, because they're probably up to it, and more likely, they're, they're in a position to achieve those. So that's the first thing to think about in preparation for the conversation. The second thing before we launch into a conversation around performance is three key things we need to be keeping top of mind for any performance-related conversation. And the reason these are critical is because sometimes leaders just launch into the conversation and don't really think about these three things, or they don't have one key element of this, and all of a sudden, the conversation gets sucked into a different rabbit hole, and it's very, very difficult to get out if we're not prepared for this conversation. So part of this is to be prepared and think about all the different combinations and permutations and thinking about what are what, all the what-ifs and what could happen, what may not happen. It's all part of the planning. So the key, key things around preparation is, number one, think about what is the intention of you as the leader to have this conversation. And if that means you have to sit down with a person who may be a little bit nervous about the conversation or what's about to be spoken about, and you have to literally say to them, hey, my intention for this conversation is to not to criticize you. My intention is to help you increase your level of effort and get you back on track 
to the minimum standard of performance. If you make that really, really clear up front, then that can often put people at ease. But before you do that, you've got to be really clear on what the intention of your conversation with this person is going to be around performance. Is it to get them back on track or is it, uh, and I've got to say, there are some out there that have the intention to criticize, to discriminate, and in some cases, remove them from the team altogether. Now, that always ends in not a nice conversation. So be really, really clear on what the intention of you is leading into that conversation. The second thing you need to be conscious of is what is the emotional charge or what I call the emotional receptability of the receiver. That is the person you're about to have the conversation with. Because if they're not ready to have the conversation, then they're not going to be in a mental state uh, to get the, I guess, the information that is required for them to get so that they can get their performance back on track. Now, having said this, there will be people out there who will use this as a strategy to avoid the conversation. So one of the things that we have to keep in mind is as a leader, we need to make it really clear that this conversation will happen. Now, it's not going to happen in three months' time. It's going to happen today or it's going to happen tomorrow or it's going to happen in the short term. So if the person is not ready to have the conversation right now, we need to still plant the seed that the conversation will happen and there is no opportunity to continue to avoid the conversation. And this is probably one of the key reasons where I would, if, if I come up against a person who is a really anxious, really nervous, not quite sure, or if you go to the other extreme, they might start to get really aggressive uh, and try to blame or deflect responsibility, etc., etc. This is where I would almost uh, always give them, okay, the intention of this conversation is not to performance manage you in a formal way. The intention of this conversation is to give you some feedback so that we can get you back on track as soon as possible. Now, in many cases, that can, that can disarm people and get them into a frame of mind where they can sit down knowing that, hey, this is, there's nobody out here to get me. There's nobody out here to try and get rid of me. Um, the person who uh, I'm going to have the conversation with is actually there to help me. And this comes back to trust as a foundation for what we do as leaders. Because let's say if you've got a people, people in your team who do trust you, then why wouldn't they be open to a conversation around their performance? Because I don't know anybody that comes to work, particularly in sales, that want to be really, really average or who wants to do a really bad job. So that's the second thing. Be really clear on what's the emotional receptability of the receiver, the person you can have the conversation with. And the third thing, the third key point is make sure you've got some data and some content. Now, you want to call that proof? Fine, use that, use that as the word. Uh, it's information that's going to justify the conversation content that you're going to have. So if somebody's not actually attending enough meetings to get the uh, the pipeline where it needs to be, then provide information that justifies that. Give evidence as to why that is. If somebody doesn't have a pipeline that is uh, where it needs to be, that is a lot of organizations want to have a rolling 90-day pipeline that is 3x the uh, pipe, the sales target, then just provide evidence as to where that is. It's, it's data. It's information. It's almost factual. Well, not almost, it has to be factual. So this will also support the conversation when you're having it. So they're the three things to think about. The intention of you as the giver or the sales leader, what is the emotional receptability of the person who you're going to have this conversation with, and then have some data, have some information to support that. Now, jumping into the conversation itself, there are two key ways that I teach around having this conversation. Both of them are equally as effective, but uh, either of them probably will be slanted based on your own personal style, your own behavior style. So there are some people who are more naturally aligned, if you like, to being more empathetic. And so the empathetic route would be the appropriate approach to take with these sort of performance conversations. And then you've got others who are more naturally assertive. So the assertive route might also be more appropriate for you as well. But the other thing to consider as well is the person who you're having a conversation with 
what are they going to be more receptive to? Are they going to be more receptive to an empathetic conversation where you're trying to drive a win-win? Or would they be more receptive to an assertive conversation where you pretty much lay it on the line very factually, very uh, clinically, um, and you're more likely to get an outcome through that process? So use your discretion when it comes to this. Now, the empathetic route, uh, pretty much two things to think about. One is a level of courage that you need to have to step in to have that conversation. And the second part is giving consideration to the other person. Ultimately, where we want to get to is a position where I have the courage to have the conversation when I need to have it, but also what I'm considering is the other person's perspective and giving them the opportunity to talk about the issues that might be preventing them from taking their performance to the acceptable level. And that's where we try to drive a win-win outcome. And what this means is we're going to sit down and have a a collaborative conversation, but I'm going to seek to understand what's been going on that might justify where the performance is sitting right now. Doesn't mean I accept it, but it might justify it. And when I know that, we can work together on a solution that is going to help the person increase their level of performance and get them back on track so that the performance conversations moving forward are going to be more positive and more positive reinforcing type of behavioral conversations. So that's the conversation around being more empathetic. So thinking about do I have the courage to have the conversation irrespective of how I feel, but also am I considering the other person's perspective and seeking to understand real reasons as to why their performance may be dipping? Now, here's the thing to think about. You might start off with a conversation down the empathetic route and you're giving every opportunity for the person to share with you reasons or justification as to why their performance is not at the level that we expect it to be. And you might get a sense of them not taking responsibility. There is nothing wrong in the middle of a conversation from moving from, okay, the empathetic route is not working. I'm now going to switch and I'm now going to go to the assertive route. And the assertive route is where you're communicating with clarity and it's reinforcing the business standards and the business expectations that we have of this particular individual. And there are three key steps for this. Number one is we have to define the problem. So the problem is you are currently sitting at 81% of your year-to-date target or insert performance issue here. It's absolutely critical that we are crystal clear on what the actual problem is. So we need to be able to define what the problem is. And again, another reason why data and evidence is such an important element to this. So number one, define what the problem is. Number two, we need to identify a solution and it has to be a clear solution. And in the ideal scenario, what you'd be doing is working with the individual you're having this conversation with to try and work out together what a solution is. Now, if the person has has completely no idea, there's no emotional intelligence whatsoever, you might have to provide them with that solution. And that's okay, but it has to be really, really clear. This is what I need you to do. These are the steps I need you to take. These are the conversations I need to have. These are the reports that you need to write. So being absolutely crystal clear is step number two. And then step number three is transferring ownership. So there has to be a clear outcome. And this is about transferring ownership to the individual so that they will take accountability because ultimately they are responsible for increasing their level of effort to get the performance back to where it needs to be. So step number three is transfer the ownership. And that can be as simple as asking the direct question, are you prepared and are you committed to take these necessary steps to get you back on track? And if the answer is yes, you've got a commitment and they've taken accountability for that. It's then important for us as leaders to now start to measure progress against what we've spoken about. And this is why it's really critical that we as sales leaders continue to have these conversations, particularly for the people we're trying to get back to a minimum standard of performance. Because exceptional sales leaders are just that because they're uncompromising in their standards and their expectations, and they are prepared to lean in and conduct the laser-focused performance conversation irrespective of how 
they feel. So the question I want to ask you as we wrap up this particular episode is, are you prepared to have the conversation? Do you have the courage to lean in and have the conversation before it becomes something that's out of control? Or are you waiting for the formalized performance review conversation at the end of the six months and therefore at the end of 12 months? And how often are you doing that and therefore dreading the conversation? It's much better to nip it in the bud as close to the time that the things are happening as you possibly can and give the opportunity for the person to get their performance back on track because they just might thank you for it when it comes to the performance review at the end of the year. You might get some feedback to say, I'm so glad we had that performance conversation nine months ago because if we hadn't, I wouldn't be in this position right now where I'm absolutely smashing my number. So as we wrap up this particular episode, the key message is, hey, just lean in to have these conversations and make sure the conversations around performance are laser focused. And if you do that, you'd be surprised at what sort of uh, turnaround you might see, but also what may happen to your level of reputation within the team as well. So I trust that message helps on this Wednesday, the 7th of June, and I trust it reaches you at the right time because it may be you are going through or about to go through some performance conversations with your team, given that it is this time of year. So as we wrap, a quick reminder, if you'd like to have a conversation about learning a little bit more about how I might be able to help you become an exceptional sales leader and, and or maybe help your team become exceptional in what they do, I'd love to have a conversation. Simply go to leadwithdarren.com and uh, we'll have a conversation about uh, what I might be able to help you with. So I look forward to that conversation. Uh, thanks once again for plugging into the podcast and as always look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the exceptional sales letter podcast all the best thank you for listening to the exceptional sales letter podcast i trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional and remember please take the time to rate the show subscribe to the show so other people can find it but also if i can help you jump on my calendar go to leadwithdarren.com And let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.